I'd like to welcome everyone to the Roxborough Roundtables. My name is Lena Fithian and I am the student coordinator for the tables. Today our topic is how should Jefferson University handle the controversial past of its namesake? Hosted by Professor Evan Lane and LNS sophomore Dontrice Hazelette. Hi, uh, first I'd like to introduce the table around. This is Evan Lane. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Sierra Reddy. I'm a second year Law and Society student. I'm Nick Branchy, a uh, second year Law and Society student. My name is Thomas Liu, a first year Law Society student. My name is Keen, I'm a first year Law Society student. My name is Will Gatling, I'm a first year Law Society student. I'm Devin Diaz, I'm a first year Law Society student. I'm Abby Papara, a first year Law Society student. Okay, everybody welcome back. This is our first round table of this uh, 2018 fall semester. This is about Thomas Jefferson, obviously this is Jefferson University, and I want to give a little history of the event before we get into uh, our feelings on this. We used to be Philadelphia University for a very long time. Uh, during the time I've been here, which is about a decade, Thomas Jefferson sat in Tuttleman, which is one of our buildings, on a bench, a uh, marble bench. It's a bronze statue as you walk in, and he was writing the Declaration of Independence. No one seemed to care less one way or the other. I don't think he even knew he was there. Uh, we became Jefferson University officially last year, and at that point, uh, a student organization uh, put together a symposium concerning what to do with the legacy of Jefferson, what to do with the statue that's there. Uh, it was held, the president of the university was present, I was present too. One of our students of color stood up and said that every time she sees Jefferson and because of his history, which I'll get into in a minute, that she was very offended and very upset every time she walked into the tunnel. President Spinelli at that point said, I'll take care of it. And I think it was that night, or maybe the following morning, when I came back into Tuttleman, Jefferson was gone. Like he never existed. I don't know where he is right now. The worry is he's in a basement. So that's one issue. Now let's talk about Jefferson before we get into the session. Of course, our names, which is Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was a very complicated individual. He was an excellent writer. He wrote the Declaration of Independence, an amazing document. He wrote the Virginia Constitution, which was an incredible document, which most of our Constitution is modeled on, especially human rights. A lot of his writings were monumental. His vision on separation of church and state is still being cited to this day. As our second president, he made the Louisiana Purchase, which significantly increased the size of the US and significantly decreased the risk of invasion by France, which at that time was a realistic possibility. So those are things that he did. Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner. He had a, a in Monticello, which was his home. He, over the years, had over 600 slaves. He inherited most of them through his wife uh, and that family. There's no such thing as a good slave owner. There's only levels of brutality of slave owners. And he was in the middle. Um, Thomas Jefferson, his usual way of doing things was passive denial. So he would leave Monticello a lot and put it in the hands of the, um, the masters there. And the masters there were quite brutal. And he knew that. But he wasn't the one doing it. So it's sort of his way of separating himself from violence. Uh, 
these slaves, a lot of them made construction nails, which were very small nails that were very profitable. The way it was made is there would be molds, and you had to pour the molten steel or iron, whatever it was, into the mold. And he had found, or the people working for him found, that the most effective nail maker, that was not us, that was someone somewhere else young. Um, he had found that the most effective workers were small black children because they had little hands, usually boys. Uh, slaves were whipped on his plantation. If you escaped, you were hunted down. If you, he sold slaves who had families. So he did all the things that you've heard about. Um, so that was him. There was a young slave, uh, her name was Sally Hemings. Her father was Jefferson's father-in-law, his wife's father, who had obviously had sexual relations with one of his slaves and gave birth to Sally. Sally was one of the slaves that came over during the wedding. Jefferson's wife, Martha, died relatively young. When she was 14, Sally went with Jefferson over to France. And it's believed, and Martha was dead by then. It is believed in those two years which you make about 16, they developed a sexual relationship. And we will characterize what that is regarding consent in a minute. I'm just going to say there was a sexual relationship. He came back. Uh, he had, according to, and this is the Jefferson Foundation, which is now accepted the DNA evidence that we have on the surviving. And his family. He had at least four, maybe six children with Sally Hemings. The only other possible Jefferson that could have had sex with Hemings was Jefferson's brother Randolph, but the research has shown that he was not in town at the time that Sally got pregnant, so it could have been. So the Jefferson Foundation has stated he's the dad. Thomas. We have recently discovered that Sally Hemings' room, which was actually a bathroom until recently in Monticello for visitors, when they went to redo the bathroom, they found evidence underneath that was Sally's room. So now it's Sally Hemings' room that was presented by Monticello as her room, which was right off of Jefferson's room. Jefferson never freed his slaves his entire life, even when he died. The only slaves he freed were Sally Hemings' kids, which most likely his children. So the issue we have now is we have a man who has accomplished great things. We also have a man who was a slaver, who was told by very close friends such as Ben Franklin, John Adams especially, that what he was doing was wrong. Um, Kosciuszko, who was a Polish um, military per person who came here and helped us with the revolution, very close friend of Jefferson, he begged Jefferson to release his slaves. He did not and would not. So this was a, a, a decision that he made. Uh, there are those who definitely claim that any relations she had with Sally Hemings had to be raped for two reasons. One, she was underage. And secondly, there can't be consent if you own somebody. There should be consent if you can't say no. So there are those people who say that. In Hofstra, University, they had a statue of um, Thomas Jefferson outside the student union. And there was a very big protest, and there's a website saying Jefferson's got to go. And I'm going to read to you what they say on their website, which led to a very large protest in Hofstra. 
founding father and third president, U.S. President Thomas Jefferson, owned nearly 600 slaves in his lifetime, vocally supported biological essentialism, and enacted sexual violence on enslaved black women and girls. As long as Hofstra University chooses to participate in the immortalization of a slave owner, biological essentialist, pedophile, and serial rapist, this university will continue to fail its students belonging to underrepresented marginalized populations and to fail the and fails to honor the community guidelines outlined in our own conduct code. After protests and meetings and along those ways, the Hofstra University president gave the following statement fairly recently. These men of their time laid out a vision of a world in which all people are created equal. And that's referring, of course, to Jefferson. It is this vision we celebrate and honor in our founding fathers, even as we wrestle with their human and indefensible failings. So Hofstra has decided to keep the statue. The students have decided to continue their program. So I think I've laid down a fairly decent foundation. I'd like to turn it over now to my co-host, John Treese, to have her comments regarding all this. Um, I'm John Treese Hazelette. I'm a second year law and basically, I just want to say first that I really do um, like the school, appreciate the school. I feel like it has a lot of opportunities and so forth, but this is not the school I applied to. I applied to Philadelphia University. I would never apply to a school named Thomas Jefferson University after a slave owner. Um, with the issue of removing the statue, as Lynn said, we felt like the statute should have stayed because it causes controversy and bringing and brings conversation. Um, you also said that you felt like like you just kind of ignored the issue and that you know Chancellor Spinelli just kind of just heard one person and threw the statute out. But I feel like that we had a very productive and productive conversation about the statue. Everyone gave their different opinions. Um, I don't feel like that. He just listened to one person. I felt like maybe he could, he could see why people, especially the minority of the school, would feel that you know the Jefferson statue wasn't welcome in the um, Antelman Center. Um, so one thing like that you have to think about is we're, we're named Jefferson University after a slave owner. What does that say about us? What, what do we stand for if we're continuing to attend school after a slave owner? I feel like that the problem was not ignored. I feel like actually the problem didn't get enough attention. Um, other schools like Florida State University, they were um, protesting to get um, a statue removed of one of Jefferson's grandsons in 2002. It got relocated, and but then they wanted the one of his name off of um, their public building, and that didn't happen until 2018. And then with Princeton having Woodrow Wilson, who was a an advocate and like vocal advocate of the Ku Klux Klan, and how the Black Justice League continued to try to fight to get his name removed. I feel like. Those are real issues, and although you know sometimes 
some things did work in the student papers and some things did not. They were connected with the media. I feel like this issue that we're talking about and removing other sexual maybe we should have been connected with the media because this is a real issue. Um, as a minority on campus, sometimes it is a little uncomfortable because I don't see many people that look like me. So I don't feel like that I should have to be taunted with a statue of Jefferson, you know, walking past, going to class, being reminded of the things that he did to my ancestors. Um, I feel like the, the school changing its name itself is enough controversy rather than bringing the statue back to create more conversation. Every day I know that I go to Jefferson University. So I just do not believe that the statue should um, be placed back into the Tuttleman Circle. Let's get some of the things about Los Angeles. Maybe Sierra started here. Uh, you know, the school, their rationale behind changing our name to Jefferson, you know, without telling people, like, I also applied for Philadelphia University. I didn't even know I was enrolling in Jefferson University really until we got that letter a few, like, a week before school started. And the rationale was that they did all these studies and that his name got more attention and that, that his name was recognizable and brand recognition. You know, that we're, you know, that I understand the hospital was um, successful and that they did all those, you know, they did the research behind it. But it, it's not enough to justify the lifting up of these historical figures who, you know, they weren't victims of their time. People say Thomas Jefferson. What was he supposed to do? To not supposed to own slaves? Yeah, he wasn't. All of the people around him were telling him not to. There are extensive note, like letters from John Adams, from Benjamin Franklin, like pleading with him, pleading with our friend not to own other people. I mean, it's basic. I, it's not something that I feel like we should have to, that people should have to fight for. And I think it's an insult that Chancellor Supreme did. He effectively silenced all discussion about this. The students took it upon themselves to, to come together and talk about this in, in a debate, you know, in an organized format. And the moment someone says something profound, you know, something that affects them every single day in a place they, they pay to go to, and he just says, oh, I'll take care of it. He takes it away, effectively silences all the debate. Our school's still called Jefferson. There's obviously still an issue. I, I was just, I felt so offended when it happened last year, and I can't even imagine, like, how offensive it is, like, to, like, you know, like, if you're part of that group. Yeah, I think regardless of your opinion on the, on the matter, whether um, it was offensive or not, I think what happened and just how Chancellor Spinelli dealt with it last year was I mean, basically pathetic. I mean, just, he kind of did it to, it was kind of like he did a real hush-hush right away, just took it out. Um, as Dunphy said, there was no connection with any media. Just never really, there was never a story circulating about how there was a forum or how the uh, statue got removed. And I think it was just kind of a, a disservice to both sides of the argument to even do it in such a way that it didn't go any deeper, that nothing nothing further was done or discussed, nothing further nothing further with the name or with any of the uh, issues found on campus here. Yeah, with the words nothing further, I feel like that's like a lot of like what's issue with this right now because like we have one person just like silently taking away the statue of Tottenham but then forcing upon the name Jefferson onto the school. So I feel like there hasn't really been much progress made even though it's just kind of 
we don't have unilateral action, just the kind of signal. Yeah. Um, I don't think they should have taken the strategy away. I, I didn't really have much knowledge of the discussion on the contradiction of the enemy, realized what had happened or what was going on, but I didn't seem very political at that time. Whether what he did was right or wrong, I felt like it should have been more publicized. Like mm -hmm. the people should have had the opportunity to weigh in on the matter. Like I didn't even know what had happened or what went down, being not in, like directly involved with it. But being a part of the school, I feel like pretty much the school should have gotten a little bit more, more notification. Well, I mean, as a person of color, personally, I'm offended by him and. If it were my choice, I'd keep him away, but that would be selfish of me because I know like, like for the greater good, it would be better to have a discussion about it so we're not hiding the fact that we had that stash and it just got taken away without people, everyone being aware of it and having a say in it. I feel like we all benefit from that discussion every day. We need like an active discussion. Um, and I feel like it should have been, um, you should have put it more in the media. It seems like just because the name was changed to Jefferson, there wasn't really a problem. It was just moving into the um, quote unquote basement. So he saw it, I think he took that scapegoat. Um, I don't think the statue should have been taken down, or I don't mind the name change. Only because when I hear the name Thomas Jefferson, I think of what he did for our country. Like, for example, he wrote the Declaration of Independence. And I think that statue and that name praises what he did such as the Declaration of Independence, and I don't immediately think of Thomas Jefferson and his personal life as a slave owner. Is there a difference, can I ask you folks, between what a man accomplishes, man or woman, accomplishes, as opposed to what their individual personal lives were? Uh, can we, is it capable of dividing them? Um, an example I gave at that meeting was I said, Van Gogh was insane. But does that make Starry Night any less beautiful? Uh, I think one of the funniest movies ever is some of Woody Allen's movies. Annie Hall is fantastic. Annie, Woody Allen has very questionable um, tendencies towards young ladies, to put it that way, being the um, And as a person, he's not someone I admire at all, but yet I do admire his work. Can you separate, is it possible in this situation, to do what Abby was saying? Look, he did some great things. We all can agree the Declaration of Independence, a lot of stuff was pretty great. But what we also mentioned was pretty not great. Can we separate that out? Is it possible? Um, I think it's possible. However, look at when we vote. When we vote for public figures or senators, do we just think about, oh, this is what they did, they did this charity, they did that, or do we investigate their personal lives before that? Something they did when they were 18 could crash or burn their whole election. So why should it be any different from Thomas Jefferson and what he did and what he accomplished? I feel like, no, I don't really care to have the name as a school, but especially not that statue. Why? Will we ignore what he did to people just because he accomplished so many things? He can still be a bad person. Sure. I'll count on you for this, and you know what I feel about Jefferson personally. But the fact that if, if I had what I want, under my opinion, please disagree. 
I would like to go right in front of the Specter Center and call it a First Amendment garden. And I wouldn't mind people coming up and having discussion, especially at this university where discussion, I think the only discussions going on are here in our classes, in society classes. I th think seeing him there would make us realize the racial problem we have had in this country from the beginning, and we would discuss it and say, even say he was wrong, that this statue represents the, the Declaration of Independence, but also represents our past, and our past we can't hide from. How, what do you learn? Um, today, it, I'm, a reminded, I'm reminded of history every day being a black woman in America, being a black woman on this campus. I do not feel like a statue, you know, should make me rile up my feelings or have to keep thinking about history when I know my history, when I have to deal with it every day. It's never going to stop for me. Um, I think that some things are meant to be left in the past, and I feel like this statue is one. Not that it should come back. I feel like we should find another resolution to talk about these type of things, but the statue is not the answer. Some things should just be left left in the past. I, I agree with all trees. I think we need to talk about this, but I think that the statue is, I mean, it's literally the physical form of a man who raped a 14-year-old girl. It's, it's not, I mean, it's not like, it's not something that we need to catalyze our conversation. We can already catalyze it. It's called Jefferson. We can set that as the topic. But look, like going back, like on the House floor every single year, there's a bill introduced. Um, I forget the representative's name, but it's to just open a, a committee in the House to research the effect of slavery on America and just look into what reparations would be and how we could approach them. It has never made it to debate and has been proposed for the last 12 years in the House. Our country has never dealt with slavery. And that's why slavery allows itself to be repeated in different iterations. And that's why we have mass incarceration. And that's why we have the prison industrial complex. And I think we need to talk about these things but I think it's a slap in the face to have to put it out there because just because other people are unaware of these things doesn't mean that we should make people who already know more uncomfortable. I had no idea that he was a slave. I didn't really think anything. 
but hearing everybody speak, like how it physically affected them, or as their ancestors, I, I'm horrified. Like, this was the third time I heard you say it, and every time it consistently stays like just as horrible as the first time I heard it. But I don't want it to be completely ignored. I'd like it in like a position where people can talk about it. I'm, I would like on one side his political accomplishments, on one side the actual person he was. So I, like I said, I was ignorant to it. I didn't know how terrible of a person was, but, and I, uh, I feel like maybe a lot of people don't really consider it as long as it's not personally being affected to them. But with the statue there, it's like a physical embodiment. When I hear Jefferson as the university, as a university, I think, wow, that's a great university. I don't think of him as a person. And I think of him as a founding father. So a statue, in my opinion, would allow everybody to like see it and actually start to think about it. But it can't just be a statue. It has to have an explanation tied to it. What do you think of that? I thought that's very interesting. If we put the statue out there and present it not as a celebration of just the Declaration of Independence, but as they have in, uh, I don't know if you've been in downtown where the first White House was, um, where Washington was, down in Philadelphia, the first White House was in Philly, and they discovered that he had slaves in Philadelphia. And Washington, by the way, also was a slave owner, and also was in the middle you know, uh, as far as it goes. And actually, there was a slave, a very close slave of his, who was almost had a friendship with his cook, who escaped, and he hunted him, hunted him down and brought him back. So that was Washington. Washington did free his slaves upon his death. I don't know if that gives any element of the goodness at all. That's just fact there. But in that White House that's down in Philadelphia, where the outline is, they do have a whole thing. They're saying slaves live here. Washington had slaves. It tells the story of that chef, and it tells the story. Now, the fact that it's there, people will come to see it. It's Washington. It's the first thing. It's a draw. And when they come, they learn about the full truth. Now, Kean didn't know, and, and he's not, I'm sure he's the majority on this campus, at least the people like him on this campus, have no clue. Being family father, Jefferson, you know, and most people are like that. If we had the statue, but it was presented in a way like the slave quarters is presented in Philadelphia. Would that be acceptable, or is it just, I just don't want, I understand, it's just too much, I don't want it. Personally, I don't know, when I speak to my peers, um, I hear a lot of like, the statue just should, really shouldn't come back. I really do understand and appreciate Ken's thoughts and opinions on this. I just don't know if I could remain as calm anymore if the statue was to come back. That would be like a slap in the face. And I feel like that would make me want to protest more, not just like, oh, let's have a conversation. Like, yes, maybe the protest would bring the conversation. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm in the middle. I feel like a protest is sort of what we need, though, because in order for more people to know, you need to be uncomfortable for something to happen. And I just think people are too comfortable with the fact that 
or maybe just don't know that he is a rapist, he is a slave owner, um, and it's just not okay. Like, I think that in order to resolve something, there needs to be some form of anger. Like, people need to get angry to solve something, and that just didn't happen. Yeah. I just said you are point of view. Protest or statue? Well, having him there, but having him there in a special circumstance, like the slave owners in Philadelphia. I mean, I like what said about just being, when you look at the name, and I completely agree, I don't, I don't think of anything, that's just a different background than, than here. And I think if it was a statue, it would definitely make everybody open their eyes. I think that would kind of catch everybody a little more, give opportunity for those who wouldn't think of it otherwise to actually. Give it some thought and maybe make a conversation happen. Like, I was thinking, I was very surprised. I didn't, maybe it's because I was like resting on my hands and I didn't have my hands closer, but I automatically jumped out of the room. Then I told my grandma that my buddy died. And she was like, oh, like, how's everything? I was like, well, because he was, well, like, he was like a really, really bad person. I can't, like, stand up and tell you that because he told me how her grandparents, um, Their grandparents were slaves, so it wasn't that long ago. And I had to like educate myself and remind myself that, yeah, I'm going to Thomas Jefferson, but his accomplishments and his founding fathers, like he could be all those great things, but still at that time there was still slavery and there was still lynching and killing of black people, and that he literally owned slaves and like he wasn't a good guy. Like he could literally write the wrong thing. He could have like cured his disease, but in the end, like he still owned slaves. And I don't want to be reminded. Like, um, instead of, uh, oh, we don't have the statue or to bring the statue back, how about, like, putting something else there that just, like, just tells a story about him as a person altogether uh, from his accomplishments and his downfalls? Would that, would that be okay with you to, like, make that sure? Yeah. That, that's just me. Yeah, so that's an option. Um, I actually really like that idea. I, um, and school and middle school they didn't really teach us or at least I felt like the education system didn't really acknowledge a lot of um, the stuff that the founding fathers did. Um, they didn't really talk about slavery, they talked about slavery for what maybe 30 minutes and then that's it. So I understand like some people not knowing, some people not being aware. I think that it's great that if we had something to educate the people, I feel like then they would feel some way about the statue and then that discussion can you know keep I think we have a responsibility. We're Jefferson University, and we could run from it and ignore it, or we can take it head on and make this a place where we talk about these difficult situations and have this conversation today. I, coming in here, I was of the opinion I want Jefferson back. I have changed my mind, basically, because I'm not African-American. And I'm saying to myself, what would I think about if they had a statue of Goebbels or something, like being Jewish, you know, and personally offended me, how would it make me feel? And the passion that Doug Jason showed, you know, I, I understand more than I understood going in. But I don't think we should not, I, think, I don't think we should drop the ball. And I actually, this is my idea, but really, your idea. I love 
confronting this with maybe some sort of Jefferson historical thing, like a plaque or something that would say exactly what you said, the good things the man did and the other things the man did. And that may, would that encourage more conversation without hurting people? Because I don't want to hurt people. I definitely think that would encourage more conversation. And I feel like that would be a great solution to this problem because it would be on display you know, for everyone to walk, back, walk by to see and create their own opinions. And that would be a conversation started. It's I would like that idea. I mean, you see that, and you see that our name is Thomas Jefferson. You see what he did good and what he did bad, and then you basically be choose your own path, choose the man you want to be. Um, also, the way the idea, I feel not as if um, people who don't know about his history will be able to see on both sides of it. And even people that do, they will be able to um, also see both sides, which will show that um, you're not just focusing on one party. Would the people of color in this room feel less marginalized if that was what we did? Would you feel more empowered, or how would you feel about it? The volunteer. Lindsay, I was cool. Yeah. About the black idea? Yeah. I would feel empowered because I understand who he was as a founding father. I acknowledge that. But I also know, you know what he did as a black person. So I think the main goal for me, in my eyes, is to educate people who do not know. So there is no excuse for it. Here's the thing to me. There's not... I understand that the Founding Fathers created this country. But they didn't create a country for all the people who live here. And it's pretty explicit in the documents that Thomas Jefferson contributed to. So I don't think we need to lift, lift his legacy up in a way that like honors him as some sort of like, what he wrote said that black people were three-fifths of a person. You know, what he wrote said, you know, liberty, you know, property, etc. He stole that from Hobbes. That wasn't his idea. I mean, he's not completely original. I mean, we have to, if we're gonna acknowledge him as a bad person and a good person, let's actually look at him because he wasn't that great of a person. We needed him that closely. And I I just like what you're saying about Annie Hall. I think that comes up a lot recently, like with the Me Too movement. You know, like people are like, oh I can't like my favorite comedian anymore just because he assaulted someone, like, or I can't listen to my favorite music anymore. Like how do I separate this? This is a great artist. This is a it's just I think the answer is simple. You can't sacrifice the humanity of a group of people just to honor someone for some small amount of work they did. Um, not a small amount, but in the context of me too, but yeah. Um, I would, I definitely agree with Lindsay about feeling empowered by doing something like that. Um, first year, um, it really did bother me that the school name was Jefferson. And I talked to my uncle about it and we don't, almost on anything but one thing that I did listen to was he said empower I mean embrace the name and take advantage of the name so basically to yes I know what he did and to use it to my advantage by spreading conversation creating conversation and you know taking all the good things that the school you know all the opportunities they have and then run with it the way that I want to run with it 
Um, so I feel like that would, you know, the idea of having all the bad and all the good things on display would be empowering for myself. So what do we do next? How do we get this together? This idea of a plaque garden, a history garden, or something like that. We should have some sort of, we have an idea here. What's our next step? I would first, I wouldn't say okay. put it on the plaque. Um, okay. I feel like that's too much, like too honoring. Plaques are honoring, and I don't want to honor this man. So like maybe, I don't know, something else, just not a plaque. <laughs> I think we should be wearing Sally Hemings University t-shirts. I think that she should be honest. She, she, she protested for her freedom in France, the only place where she could you know, exercise her rights, the only place where she had the right to speak for herself. And she, she said, you need to let me. And I, he did. But what, but what is our, other than wearing these fun t-shirts? Uh, it's not fun. I think it would draw attention to the fact that they didn't consult with us first of all, or talk to the student body at large, or you know, really publicize it that much for applicants, especially. And I think that it will be effective because it shows that, like, people are even like, who's Sally Hemings? You know? Yeah. And that's on your body. You're walking around talking about it. So should we put together a student committee on what the next step should be? How we present this information in the best way possible? You're saying not a plaque. There has to be another, what is the best way we present this information? And go forward, write it, put it together, get funding for it, that type of thing. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think? What is the next step that would be most effective? I'm asking all of you on the outside as well. What is the next step, Ethan? Oh, I guess the next step would be to figure out what we want to do with that launch research and definitely want to have it back because we kind of figure out what we want to do Too much. I don't know. I don't know how those things go, but this is an idea. Or acknowledge her existence yeah, exactly. in some official yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, Marcella, okay. Okay. Professor. I love you. This conversation, I just appreciate all of your um, comments. And um, I like the idea of some kind of space where we talk about um, the positives and negatives, but I think particularly. If, if it's the Spectre Center, particularly since this is, um, you know, law society realm, if it were um, complicated just to touch to address um, what is legal versus what is just, right? Because when all this in Jefferson's time, slavery was legal, the age difference, it was, that's what people did back then. So I think the idea of um, adding that layer of what is um, legal, what is lawful at that time, versus what is just as an endeavor would be a really interesting social and disciplinary um, tone to the to the conversation. I agree with that. And I think it'll help people contextualize it a bit because we bring a lot of emotion to it. Whatever you, how you feel, or whatever you know, or think about Jefferson um, and other figures like him, past and contemporary, historical and contemporary. 
But I think if we kind of get there into a way where we can try to be more objective in our um, accolades and criticism. And the word lines, which is America, contradictions, which is kind of where we spring from, hypocrisy, all of that. So, so all of us in this room and people you know, should we put together some sort of committee, an ad hoc committee, to discuss this further on what you want this thing to say, how you want it to be said, where you want it to be said. Um, and I always prefer it student done because I want faculty hijacking it. Of course, I would definitely help the mentor. I'm sure Professor Day would do that. But it has to come from you. It has to be your ideas on what you want because you're the students. Yeah. That's, that's what counts. Uh, does anyone want to make some, any final comments on the topic? Any piece you want to wrap it up? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just tell a fun fact on Jefferson to make you feel really good about the whole situation. Um, Jefferson hired this guy who was like the uh, national choir of his time, the David Pecker of his time. Um, his name is John Callender. And he hired him to get dirt on John Adams, who was his good friend, because he wanted to defeat Adams in the uh, next election to become president of the United States. So how lovely that was. But he was a very dubious guy, Callan. And Callan did a lot of research also on Jefferson, just in case, even though Jefferson hired him. Well, he got all the dirt on Adams, and most of it was false, and planted in these horrible newspapers. That, and I mean, Jefferson's hermaphrodite. You, you can't believe what nonsense they put, they put in the papers. Well, the promise was to Callan that he would get paid a certain amount, and also, if Jefferson was elected, he would get a position in the White House, a well-paid position. And Jefferson, being the kind of guy he was, he didn't pay his bills ever. Sound like another redhead we have. And when it came time to pay calendar, once Jefferson got elected, Jefferson said, uh -uh, I'm not going to give you anything. You, know, you got me the information. So guess who spilled the beans on the Sally Hemings Jefferson affair? Calendar was found dead shortly thereafter. So I will not say that it was any relationship to what he had said. Uh, he also was a drunk, and he, I think he drowned in the school kill. I'm not sure about that. So just an interesting fact on how this all came out about Sally Hemings, that Jefferson was so cheap that he wouldn't pay for the dirt that he got on Adams. So to make you feel better about John Adams, I think I'll just throw that in there. Uh, Ethan, one, one more I have a question. Yeah. Um, if you want to. Since we're going to do this, you know, organize, like you said, we're going to make a committee. Um, how would we get, like, everybody else who's not, like, a law and society major who's not here right now? Um, there's a roundtable. I'm working on making a Snapchat because nobody checks their email. There's a, <laughs> there's a Twitter for it, um, and I follow, like, a bunch of kids from the school, and I think that's a good way because everyone looks at Twitter. Social media is huge. Law and Society has an um, Instagram page as well. That I think would work for someone. And, um, how about the BSU? Yeah. Get involved. I know you're involved, I'm sure with that. So, what I would ask all of you to do in wrapping this up, if this is something you're interested in, let's um, get some emails when we leave, just so we know who's here, and we can start talking to each other and perhaps branch out and get more people involved. 
and then make a meeting and uh, start discussing some real life things and bring administration into this because there's going to be some cost involved. And I think they would be interested uh, in this. I really do. So um, I want to thank Don Trees. Thank you so much for a very interesting, mind-changing um, uh, discussion. And thank you all. Um, I think this shows one thing that we really care about here, at least, is that we can discuss things and we can disagree and we can actually grow and change our minds without attacking each other, which is a very nice thing that I think that we all should encourage in all our classes. Thank you very much. I also want to thank everyone. I really do appreciate everyone coming, and I appreciate all of your different opinions and perspectives. Um, it makes me happy that we can actually have these types of conversations and learn from each other, and that we're open, like everyone's not closed-minded, this is college. But yeah, I really do appreciate everything.